Hello, Basecamp. Welcome to week three of this ongoing free program. I have uh, one housekeeping item for this week, and that is because I made a change to the initial macro cycle, and I just want to let you guys know how that functions or how that works in the context of this program. So occasionally I'll make a minor adjustment based on what is going on in the context of the program itself, but also how I feel like athletes are responding to the current work. So there is a dynamic aspect to this program, and I expect that it will be um, through each iteration as I go back and look at what we did well, what people responded well to, what people responded poorly to, what from a programming perspective um, isn't optimal or should be changed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's lots of different things in the context of a program that is going to be residing on in the interwebs for as long as the interwebs exist or at least as long as I continue to have the wherewithal and the means to have it accessed. Could be that there are changes to the program. So just want to let people know that that's how that works. And one of the reasons for that is I'm not always sure exactly how people are going to respond to programming. Um, that's one aspect. Another is that I change my mind as we're going along. I might have an idea with a program when I first started up for what I'm thinking should be done. And then through reading or through intuition or through um, information provided by my athletes, a, a wide diff there's a whole lot of different ways I might get inputs to make a change to the output. So just know that there is... Um, I'm reserving the right to make those changes. And the only reason I bring this up is because there are people who, with any program that I create, who are a little more analytical and they like to print out the overall macro cycle or, or plan ahead of time for what might be changing, what, what, they, what might be working for their schedule. And so if you're someone who does that, then you might notice that there'll be a change of the number of reps or a change of the actual physical workout or a change to the overall structure of the program, never will I make such a fundamental change that it would impact what we do on a weekly basis. Um, it would just change what we do on an individual basis with one particular session. So don't feel like I would you know, pull the rug out from underneath you and change everything altogether. It's just that I would make some subtle changes and I reserve the right to be able to make those changes. I just think it's important to have that, um, to have that ability, it, it's it's really crucial and critical to uh, having a dynamic and flexible and functioning system. Okay, so with that said, let's just jump right into the training week. So this week is our first real workout, um, and by that I mean that it's a structured session, which the other two have been, but it's structured in such a way that we're working on getting some more of a physiological adaptation from it than we are necessarily just getting you acquainted with picking the pace up or changing gears. So this is something that you'll have to pay more attention to. Um, you'll want to probably get it uh, programmed into your watch or at least have your watch ready to be able to signal when there's changes that take place as the workout indicates. And that you will be um, a little more structured than the flexibility I gave you to the first two sections with the pickups, okay? 
So what we're doing this week is a 5-3-1 fartlek. And you'll be doing this 5-3-1 fartlek for a timed three-mile distance. This is where the change is. Initially, I indicated that we would be doing this session for four miles, but I began to realize pretty quickly that for many of you with a warm-up of even a mile and a cool-down of a mile, that that was your longest run of the week. And I realized that shouldn't really be the case, and I had overlooked that. Um, so the suggestion here is a 10-minute warm-up. You can go longer if you choose to, if you want, if you're not afraid of the volume or, or an increase in volume, if you, or if you're extremely, um, you're in extreme need for more warm-up. It is a cold time of the year, so some of you in different locations might need more warm-up. But for most people, 10 minutes is sufficient to get the blood flowing. Um, so let's talk about what a fartlek is. Well, a little more generally, this workout is kind of a half workout and a half time trial. And I've learned over the years that time trials are absolutely dreaded and frequently are skipped by athletes once they see them, especially in our beginner level programming. Um, the idea of testing yourself against a clock, um, for many people who are beginners, uh, it's a huge challenge and something they're not really ready for early on in a program. So I hope you'll be open to this session, but if you aren't, just recognize it's okay. I've given you an alternative and an option to not look at it from any perspective of a time trial. So while there's not a real need for you to know what your specific paces are in the entirety of this program, um, then the reason for that is because almost everything is based on efforts and feel. It's been my experience that many people want to test their beginning and ending fitness in any programming. And so this is a way for you to be able to determine how much improvement you gained over the course of the program. Now, that improvement frequently uh, has more to do with, well, has something to do with getting fitter, but it also gets, me. it is also the fact that you'll be more capable of managing your efforts and un better understanding what efforts mean than you are when you than you were when you started as this program progresses you'll be you know nine more weeks through the program when you do this ver this session again with a lot more information about yourself a lot more information about running a lot more information about this program and the fitness changes that will happen with it so there are changes that there are adaptations and benefits that come just from the program itself, but many people just want to test themselves. They just want to see where they are, and so this workout really gives you an opportunity to do that. But again, you can disregard getting a three-mile total time and just do the session as I've written it. Either way, it's not a big deal. Um, again, our final workout in the base camp will be this same session, so the same fartlek session with over the same timed three miles, so you'll be able to test for that improved fitness. Um, so what is a fartlek? What the heck am I talking about? So fartlek is Swedish for speed play. And in the history of distance running, the Swedes and the Finns marked a huge transition in training theory. Prior to the use of fartleks, most people, um, most of the runners, both professionals, and believe me, there was a huge professional running scene um, in the 1900s, early 1900s. Uh, both long distance, short distance, with huge, with lots of bedding, 
on it. And um, and one of the reasons why uh, the Olympics came about when it came about as being an amateur event was because the there were people making substantial amounts of money running and with they made that money because people were betting on it and they would get a cut out of it of course that creates a whole lot of problems with um the ethicalness of the person running the person could sandbag easily just like boxing has um but anyway the point being that there was a need from a competitive standpoint with the olympics becoming um more in the fore of both uh, a country's pride and um an athlete's ability to generate revenue that they started to look at, hey, how do I get better at this? And before the the Swedes, there was just this idea that you ran or walked um, a set distance and you didn't push yourself or press too hard. And that was part of the ethos of the time of the of those of the Victorian era. Um, but things changed after the turn of the century and people were getting more they were more focused and for a variety of reasons. So the Swedes came up with this idea of speed play, which is basically changing gears in a run. And that's where the play comes from. It's basically mixing a conventional, just a basic aerobic run with some faster paced running sessions. Later, this would become these, this would be separated out and be called interval training. And we'll talk about that at some point in time. But there was this period of, um, of transition where the Swedes created these long continuous runs where there were pace changes throughout the run. So that that period of time um, is where we got this idea of fartlek and it's there's two kinds of fartlek basically. There's a traditional or a free form fartlek. I like to call it a free form fartlek and then there's the version that's called a uh, structured fartlek. Free form is in the initial idea behind the the Swedes and the Finns was that they would just run hard to a certain landmark. Um, they didn't have stopwatches. Well, they did have stopwatches, but they didn't really use them so much at the time. So they would just say, hey, we're going to run. I'm going to go harder pace from here to the top of the hill. And then I'll recover on the down to the bottom of the hill. And then I'll run from this light pole to that light pole or from this uh, uh, you know, street to that street, depending. And it was free form in the sense that they just made the decision in the flow of the run itself about how far they would go and then what paces they would go. Later, um, there became more of an idea and an attitude around structuring the fartlek so that people could begin to modulate it more, get an idea, minimize the variables, and get an idea of where the improvements were coming from. So our session is a structured fartlek, and we structure it through time. So we're going to go five minutes at a faster pace effort, three minutes at a faster pace effort, and one minute at a faster pace effort. In between these five, three, and one-minute faster pace efforts, we will run for three minutes of easy running between each one. You'll get started. Start your watch and start on a flat loop or out and back or any course you want to. It doesn't really matter. We'd prefer you not to be on a track for this. It's a long time to be running on a track, and they're harder to find. But um, there might be some undulating terrain. That's okay. Just don't pick a, a very hilly course. Though if you do choose a hilly course, one thing to keep in mind is you really want to do the same route for this session as you will for the final session if you're paying attention to your improvement over time and using this as a time trial. So again, you'll do an easy 10-minute warm-up or so. Then you'll run three miles, starting your watch, alternating five minutes of a hard effort 
three minutes of an easy effort, three minutes of a hard effort, three minutes of an easy effort, one minute at a hard effort, three minutes at an easy effort. And just continue to repeat that until you cross the three-mile distance. Stop your watch, and there you have a fartlek time trial. And you'll be able to write that number down, put it in your training log somewhere, and have it available so that you can test yourself on the 12th week of this program to see how you fared. So some basic questions that come around with this. All right, so you've got the structure of the time frame of your running for hard and the time frame you're running easy. Many of you will say, well, what the heck do I run? What pace do I run? Um, this is where fart licks are so wonderful and why I love them. Uh, I use them, I don't use them all the time, but I use them at key junctures in training to help people begin to realize that time is not the only important factor that it comes to getting running fitness. It's not even the, the only factor when it comes to running a specific time on a specific day. Because not only are you focused on paces, you also need to be able to tell what level of effort you're putting in at paces. And for so many people, they have a very hard time once they get initially regulating with paces to determine what effort even means. So use this session as a way of starting to get a feel for what your efforts are. What is hard? Now, when I say hard, I mean choose something that you feel like you could run the whole three miles at to start off. So run five minutes at what you feel like you could run hard for three full miles. When you get done with the five minutes, take your foot off the gas pedal, relax, run easy for three minutes, then launch back for the next three-minute section of faster running back at those same efforts. If you're feeling great, you can kind of pick it up. Um, then you get another three-minute rest after the three minutes of hard running, and then you go launch into one-minute hard running with another three minutes easy. Then you'll launch back into another set going five minutes hard, three minutes easy, three minutes hard, three minutes easy, one minute hard, one minute easy, until you reach three miles of distance. Okay? So, again, the efforts of how hard you run on these sections are completely designated by you and by feel and based on an effort you think would be a hard effort for you to sustain for three miles, but one you could do. Don't worry about whether you get it right or wrong. We are just trying to dial in efforts. We're just trying to see where you are. And this is the first hard session that we will have done in our whole program. Everything else to this point has been all about going by easier feel, not pressing too hard, not pushing too much, okay? So we want to be careful here. We don't want to launch in and go too, too fast. But listen, let's say you do. It's okay. Run easier on your recovery. And then don't run quite so fast on the next three-minute hard section. You can modulate. You can adjust. You can vary based on how you're feeling. This is how you learn how to be a great runner. This is the lessons that many runners don't learn in other programs because they're so immediately focused on what their garments, their geekometers, um, their time for the set distance tells them. And what we're trying to get you guys to do, <clears throat> excuse me, right from the outset is to begin to get a feel for effort. Running by feel, running by effort is one of the most critical and crucial aspects that a runner can learn. And it is, in my opinion, way too infrequently taught and many people don't know how to teach it. Well, this is one way. The first thing we do is we just go by efforts, hard being hard, easy being easy, and 
those fluctuating based on how you're feeling at a given time. All right? So there's a little bit more information on the training sheet about this. I wrote that all out, and then I just free-formed my um, discussion of it with you guys. So um, please read that. Okay, moving on to our speed economy session. Speed economy this week is a repeat of last week's speed economy. I mean, sorry, week one's speed economy session. Um, the other, the only option is that our 30 to 40 mile per week build group will have an option of going up to six strides. So it's four to six strides. Um, again, that's for everybody, four to six strides. Um, and you do a stride is building as we did last week. There's a full description again on the training sheet about how to do this. Um, but now that you've done it once, you should have a better idea of how to modulate your paces and efforts on the stride. Um, again, Look at the training sheet for more details about that. But you guys, because you guys have already done some strides, uh, there's information there. Again, you should be a little bit better at it, but don't worry about being perfect. It just takes time to figure out, okay? So moving on to the long run this week. This week, our 30 to 40 mile per week group has a six-mile run, so we are bumping the mileage up for you guys. The 40 to 50 mile per week group has six to eight miles and our 50 to 60 mile per week group has an eight mile run okay now one note about these long runs if at any point in time you feel from a volume perspective that you're stretching too far or you're not ready for the distance indicated feel free to hold from the last week's session okay last week's long run you can just do the distance you wanted to that you did from last last week if you're not feeling really ready to jump the mileage up this week Okay, that's always in play. Always feel free. But with that said, I need you guys to begin to realize that whereas the with the extension of these long runs, you need to start paying attention to your body's signals. You want to keep the long runs in a space where you are running easy. This is absolutely critical. The training stimulus that we get from our long runs is in the extension of the distance run, not the paces that you run, okay? You should continue to keep your easy paces easy. And the difficulty, the challenge, the training stimulus that we're looking for happens because you're running further in the run distance. So expect there to be a variety of aches and pains that crop up during, the, during and after these runs. These are natural and normal. However, a note to that is you need to be paying attention to your body's signals when your body signals, it's not, if your body signals something that is not sharp or drastic in its feel, then you should run through it. However, if you feel something sharp or drastic or immediate or something that just really gets your attention, then stop, walk, try to figure out what's going on and, and see over the next couple of days if it progresses or if it, if it goes away or if it's there or what's happening with it. Um, sharp, drastic pains are we don't want to run through, but the General aches and pains, the sort of, oh, it gets a little harder and a little harder. Oh, my knees are a little achy. Oh, my lower back's a little achy. Or my feet are a little achy. That's normal. Keep an eye on it, though. Take a note of it. Determine what is happening. Determine what is happening and where you're feeling it. And then keep an eye on it over the subsequent days to see if there's a problem there. Okay? Your body is not sure what the hell is going on with these extensions of the long runs. And it wants to predict what you're doing and to control what it can control. So we are evolutionarily designed to run. We know that. 
We've been doing it for two million years. It's how we hunted our food down. It's how we went extended distances. We, our body knows how to run far. It knows how to run fast, and it knows how to regulate in between. However, in order to maximize fitness and maximize staying alive from an evolutionary perspective, the body wants to throw up some um, safety cautions. Uh, the great exercise physiologist from South Africa, Tim Noakes, has called this the central governor theory. Um, and there's arguing whether or not the governor theory is real or not, but we all have had some kind of experience of feeling the governor in play. So it's certainly a worthwhile theory to, in, to keep in mind as we're training here. And the central governor theory just basically says that your body's going to throw up barriers and throw up experiences that try to stop you from extending too far, too fast, um, just to keep you safe from an evolutionary perspective. And so it makes sense to me that that is in play. Now, whether or not that is a hard line or it's something that's flexible that plays, whether it's a real genetic and or um, biological, psychobiological aspect is one thing, or whether it's a psychobiological, meaning it's part and parcel to how we function from a psychological perspective, is open for question. In fact, there's another exercise physiologist named Samuel Morcora who feels like the central governor theory is not true. But for our extent, for our in our purposes here, the most important thing to take into consideration is listen to your body, pay attention to its signals. It's trying to tell you that to stop and slow down because it wants to keep you safe. But you have to press against that just a little bit to see where we can gain fitness and then back off more on this when I talk about balance. But the key thing here is expect there to be some issues approaching the extension of your run distance and your body's wanting to tell you to slow down, stop, and it sends some aches and pains your way, some uh, faster breathing, some other things that if you feel like you can't control, then stop and assess. If you feel like you're in control of it and it's not sharp and drastic, carry on. We have to press the edge a little bit. We have to get outside our comfort, belt, comfort zone a little bit in order to get the benefits of our hard work. This is how the body responds. Hard work, recover. Hard work, recover. Okay? So that is the training portion of our week three base camp program. I'm going to now go into the fundamentals topic. This is the topic of balance. Now, given the fact that I just talked about how we have to push outside the zone, how we have got to go to our edges, it's very important now to balance that off with this discussion of balance. As I noted in the first two weeks, mindset and consistency are incredibly important to any running program. When I speak of these two things, tens, folks tend to nod in agreement with it. They understand it. It makes sense for them when I talk about where their mindset is and how important mindset is to training. Number two, when I talk about consistency, they understand, okay, if I do a little bit of work and a little bit of work and a little bit of work, I should be getting better and I should progress as time goes on. However, when I bring up the topic of balance, ten, folks tend to furrow their brow or raise an eyebrow and wonder how balance could pay a role, play a role in their running program. The main point to all of this is that runners are people first. You're a human being before you're a runner. I know it's a shocker, right? But so little attention is paid to the idea of balance in a running program that I have to make you aware of your humanness first. You are a person, 
with stressors. You've got a family. You've got a job. You've got things to balance. You've got things vying for your attention, vying for your energy, vying for your money, vying for resources, basically. And in order to be an effective runner, you first must be an effective human being. And you need to know where balance sits in the context of your life and running in order to be able to be effective. This plays a huge role in both improvement and enjoyment of our sport. Now, I'm not going to go on and on and on telling you about life balance. I feel like there are, there are ready resources out there for you to find, and it's outside the scope of this particular program to go too far into depth about balance. However, I have linked in the um, training worksheet in a longer Running on Purpose podcast episode where I discuss, where Kristen and I discuss this topic at length. Um, and so if you want to get more into that, feel free to listen to that episode. It's a pretty solid episode about how to find life balance. But I just want to go into a few notes that I think that are going to be important here. Okay? So uh, let's just, again, reiterate the, the foundational premise, which is you need to look at your running from the perspective of a whole, of a whole life balance. Okay? So healthy running is balanced running. Well, we see the great benefits from training to the edges, just like we do it in our fartlek session here, right? Going to the edge, backing off, just like we do with the idea of extending our long run, pushing the edge of what we're capable of, then backing off for an easy day after that. Even when we press to the edges, it must be balanced. The pendulum needs to swing to encourage greater fitness for sure and to get the training benefits for sure. As we say, hard days hard, Easy days, easy. However, the end result must be that you're balancing those efforts. If the pendulum continues to swing higher and higher from an effort perspective, in terms of the work you're doing in hard quality works or in the long or in the long runs that you're doing, then you'll need lo- more corresponding rest and recovery and recuperation in order to be ready to balance to handle the workload of the next week. And so always you should be thinking about this as a pendulum that's swinging. If you work harder, then you're going to need to go easier. If you don't work quite as hard, then you don't need to go quite as easy to recuperate and recover from it. So keep in mind that your healthy running is a balanced running. Another thing to keep in mind, and this is sort of some life life suggestion here, but the middle way is the best way when it comes to training. It's also, in my opinion, the best way to live. And the middle way basically is a Taoist or Buddhist approach to life that says the best way to live, the most cost-effective way to approach life is in a balanced format. It's to, in our Western point of view, often obscures this if it's not completely taken out of the entire conversation. Why is this? Well, I think it's because our society overvalues results rather than process. And anyone who has a long-term goal for anything, they recognize the process as essential and as important as the end goal itself. However, many of the things that in our Western world that we value, that we look at, are relatively short-term perspective things. Or they come at us in much smaller chunks than a long 5-year or 10-year or 20-year plan. And so we tend to be aspirational 
And that aspiration has a tendency to make us push the edges even harder and even more. And this idea of the middle way um, that the Eastern world, the Eastern traditions have taught um, is kind of anathema to the Western worldview. And I know many of you will sit here and say, well, I don't really know if I believe in that. Well, just look at your day-to-day activities. Look at what our education system is. The education system is get A's. And if you get D's, then you're dumb. Well, that's not a middle way. That's not a balanced thing. That's overvaluing one end of our world and not looking at it from the more long-term perspective. Now, again, I don't want to go into too long and too big a philosophical discussion about this, but just to say that it's not in our nature as Westerners frequently to be thinking about the middle way, to be thinking about keeping a balanced approach to things. However, your running does need that. And in the long-term approach to any endeavor, and in running for sure, being able to create a harmonious harmonious middle ground where you can find yourself gravitating towards the middle of the, the, the pendulum rather than the outer extremes of the pendulum will allow you to extend your longevity, allow you to extend your improvement and to create greater improvement and to make it much more enjoyable. Sure, some folks really like to press the edges and I understand that. Um, if that's you, then I think that there may be some challenges there. Just know in the long-term approach that the pendulum will swing in the proportional opposite direction that you're pushing every single time. That is a human, that is a natural phenomenon. If you push too far one direction, it's the pendulum's going to swing back the other direction, and it may not in the time frame that you think it will. Frequently it happens at inopportune moments when you least want that to be happening. And so for that reason, it's best to be very careful and to only press the edges further when you understand your body and how it responds to our training and the training that you're undertaking. You need a better understanding of what's going on with your body and what's going on with training before you start getting too aggressive with pushing the edges. That's the exact fundamental premise of this whole idea of the base camp. It's a middle way approach. We're going to do some faster paced running. We're going to do some longer running, but we're going to try to balance everything so that it's more of a middle way to allow you for success. So the final point I want to bring up is that many aspects of your everyday life are really critical to your running improvement. Three I will highlight here as the most important. Sleep, nutrition, and stress. These are the most obvious Striving to find harmony and balance in these areas will pay huge dividends later on as your body begins to adapt to the training that you're doing. If you can get these three key aspects of general life balanced, it can be a game changer for your running. You are not running in a life vacuum. Everything is connected to everything else, and the more you realize this now, the better you're going to be able to judge when to rest and when to train, when to take a day off, and when to push through. All of this, everything that I'm writing, everything that I'm providing for you from a training perspective must be approached from an N of one situation. An N of one means you, your particular perspective and your particular context. And those contexts and perspectives change. So even though this is a group training program designed over a 12-week period of time with a wide variety of different work 
workouts and things that you're approaching, you still need to be looking at this from a perspective of an N of one, which is what is it to you? Sure, I have a general framework overall based on experience and science on how to train you effectively in a base building program. However, your context is critical to the overall narrative. It's also what makes this whole process so meaningful. If we could all plug and play and just insert these, this 12-week training program and you would be ready to rock and roll and ready to line up to get yourself into the next marathon training program, that would be wonderful, but it would have very little meaning. The meaning comes from the struggle. The meaning comes from overcoming the struggle. And the meaning comes from recognizing that the process is the most important part of this whole thing. It's a journey. Keep your eye on the destination even as you negotiate the mile you're in. Now, I could go on about this topic over and o- for on and on, but I think you basically get the drift. Again, I recommend you listen to the podcast episode of The Running On Purpose called On Finding Balance, I think is what it's called. It is linked um, to a download in the training worksheet. All right, everybody, that's 33 minutes. I hope you're well. Take care. If you have any questions, ask me in email, sissonettelusrunning.com or on the Facebook page. I hope you're well. Have a great week.